What's up and welcome to the Morning Lifter podcast hosted by two smart men who love dumbbells. We're going to discuss all things strength and leadership. Sean, what is up? Living the dream. How are you? Can't say I'm doing too bad. Doing all right. Yeah, that was pretty cool setup. How was your workout this morning? It was good. Good. Started off with Hatfields, Hatfield squats. Finished at 370 for a set of eight. So, you know, I'm just trying to find different ways to make my body move. So, it's, it's good. And your arms after we're done recording, they're bored to it. That's good. So, before we get into the ins and outs of Morning Lifter, we should probably tell the dozens of listeners that we're bound to have how two dudes from different states who are 10 years apart in age can grows. So, why don't you go ahead and tell that story? Well, that would be way back in 2004. That would be the summer. Memory serves me right. I think it was. July, and I was selected to play in the Big 33 Football Classic, which is considered the all-star of high school football. At that point in time, I played for Ohio, which was kicked out of the game because Ohio, frankly, continued to beat Pennsylvania, and Pennsylvania couldn't win, so they booted Ohio out. I don't know who they play now, but at Uh, any rate. I think it's Maryland right now. I think you're right, yes. So... We, uh, we would, the last team would go out and play in Hershey, Pennsylvania. And each player gets a host family, which is really cool. And just so happens that Bryce and his parents were my host family and stayed with them for a week. And it was a fabulous experience. So much so that we've consistently, I would say, stayed in touch for 10 years off and on, you know, the, Season's greetings for quite a while, quite a while there. So, uh, but then over the last, I would say, year, with the creation of the Morning Lifter site, things have become a little bit more consistent. You've grown up a lot since uh, those last ten years. You don't look like the same eight, little eight-year-old boy that uh, <laughs> that you used to be. So the pictures, man, oh. I still have those pictures, too, that your mom sent. Oh, yeah. Back when you were a beefcake alignment, and I was just a little... Was it? Eight, it was more than eight years ago now. I was close to, like... Well, you were at... Because I was, like, nine or ten. Yeah. Yeah. So we're at, what, 15 years already? 15 years ago? Yep. Yeah, that's a and long then, time. You know, shout out Facebook. So easiest way to keep in touch. Yeah. So that's a good segue. So this episode is going to be the five W's of Morning Lifter. Who, what, where, when, why. Kind of just want to give a brief introduction to, like I said, the dozens of listeners we're bound to have. Um, who you are, what we're kind of doing, what the me- what the message is. So um, why don't we get started with the who? So already introduced yourself, Sean Donaldson, former football player. Why don't you go ahead and elaborate on that? Well, I. Uh, I played at Kent State for four years, and uh, from from there, I have always always enjoyed weightlifting. For the longest time, it was more about getting prepared for football. Um, and then, after the season was over, after my career was over, I always had a fear of just blowing up to five hundred pounds because at the time I was, you know. 300, 305, 310. Uh, and I didn't want to be that weight anymore. And I'd already established a strong habit between high school and football of getting up early. It's just a good way to kind of get your day started, even though I don't really know if I'm even a morning person per se, but it's become a habit and it's a good habit to get established. Uh, so from, from there on out, this was right around 2009. I decided that I, I had set a goal when I was done playing. This was May of 2009. I had set a goal. I wanted to be 230 by Christmas. At that point in time, I was... Oh, nine. Was that your, right after you graduated? Right after your senior year? Or? That was... Uh, I graduated 
2008, December of 2008. Okay. So, I, so I spent a year dabbling in the Arena Football League, but I had I had a real bad shoulder injury my senior year. I tore my labrum, so that was that was something that I played on for a year and a half before I ended up getting surgery. And at that point in time, I I, I kind of knew that the the playing days were past, so it was time to accept reality and move on. So at that point in time, I was probably about 320, 325, right around there. And I decided that I didn't want to be that way anymore. And so I started doing essentially two a days. I'd get up in the morning right around 6, 6.30, and I would drive to the local gym, and I would do about 45 minutes to an hour of cardio. That's all I did. And I'd come home do whatever it is I needed to do. I think I was still taking classes at that time. I'd go through classes, and in the evenings, I'd go back and I'd lift. And I had set up my programs. Uh, A lot of it was based off of Arnold Schwarzenegger's Encyclopedia of Modern Bodybuilding, uh, some lifts that I had learned from college, and uh, muscle and fitness. So because at this point in time, Everyone else had always created the workouts for me. Now it was my turn to kind of start figuring out what I needed to do. So I I read a lot, um, did a lot of research, and uh, really, really stayed strict on a diet, uh, which was probably the hardest thing I've ever done. Um, Because, that I mean, it ended up, by the end, it, it, it... I was in I was in a state of ketosis, and for me, I don't know if that was a pleasant thing to do because I was not real happy. Um, but I had lost almost a hundred pounds, so I had I had kept a strict diet, and I cut my I cut my calories every week, um, and I gave myself one off day to keep myself sane. But I, I continued that two-day schedule from May all the way down to December, and I went from 320 to, to 232. I remember that specifically. So, and since then, my weight's kind of fluctuated off and on. Um, but I had lost all my strength. That was the other problem. Um, but I, I've essentially kept the weight off, which has been a a, a big deal for me. Um, you know, I, I, I so I continue to lift subconsciously. I think out of fear of getting morbidly obese. Right. Uh, but for me, it's it's becomes a, a symbol of pride and a symbol of accomplishment that you know you can you can really do whatever it is that you want to do, but you have to be willing to commit to it and understand there's a process involved. I have a lot of former teammates, whether from high school or college, that have let themselves go mm-hmm. and that's not something that I really want to do yeah and it's, you know because it's not just for me anymore it's for my kids Bingo. you know and that's what's really important uh, you know I, I have this kind of feeling like you know where you know the kids are sitting around a lunch table and they're debating on whose dad can beat up the other dad you know and it's uh, that's something that I want to be able to have my kids take to the bank with, <laughs> but, uh, it's, it's something that has become, it's a lifestyle and that's the hardest part. And, and it's okay to have off days, but for me, the hardest part is finding balance. That's where, cause I, my wife would tell you the same thing. Everything I do is like extreme. Uh, there's no middle ground for me. It's like all or nothing. Yeah. And, obsessive personality almost, right? Right. And, so for me to have any kind of balance, even to this day, it's, it's still a struggle. Uh, but I don't, you know, it's one of those things where I'm constantly reflecting or or just tweaking, you know, finding ways to finding ways to to, to have, I guess, the best of both worlds. Yeah, yeah, you hit on so much in that one answer that I think we could do like multiple episodes on from ketosis to. The energy crash to the loss of strength to keeping it off, forming a habit, the lifestyle. So I'm really glad you went into all that. Um, it's definitely giving us a, you know, something to build on as we move forward with the 
podcast series. Um, for those of you that care, I'm Bryce. I was part of Sean's host family. Um, my parents and I. He was my big brother for the week. It was awesome. Uh, I have my educational background in biology, so I can biology, biomedical sciences is what I went to grad school for. I am no uh, enough to be of use when reading scientific articles and presenting information in a way that everyone can understand. So that's kind of how I've come to help out with Morning Lifter. Um, and obviously, I'm Sean's MC for the podcast and just throwing in the, the alley-oops here to knock it out of the park. So that's the who. Um, what? Why don't we go with the what? Morning Lifter. So other than it being a website, why don't you go ahead and talk about what uh, what it is exactly? Well... I should actually, I should actually talk about the uh, the way it was formed. Um, you know, for for probably when I had started teaching, I had this itch that I had wanted to do something related to owning a website or having a website or, or doing some type of a blog experience. I just feel like I had a lot of knowledge and it wasn't getting. Uh, it wasn't it wasn't getting explained, or I wasn't I, I didn't have an, an outlet really. I think yeah. to, to to get it out there, so I sat on it for boy, that was two thousand that was two thousand fourteen. So I sat on it for about four years because I didn't know. I knew I'd wanted to do something, but I didn't know what it was. Yeah, and and that was the hardest part. So that went on the back burner for for a long time. Um, I had actually met the parent of one of my former players. He was a wide receiver for us. His dad is an awesome guy, very positive guy. And we were talking about what we, what we listened to in the morning. And at that point in time, I was still listening to music and I asked him what he listened to. He said, well, I listened to a lot of leadership speaks speakers, leadership development, um, motivational material, things like that. People like John Maxwell, he listened a lot to. And he suggested I give that a try. So I did. And uh, it really changed my thought process um, because it, it, it gave me something in the mornings to actually uh, essentially train train my mind at the same time I was training my body, which for me, that was really neat. Um, and it had, it had put forth ideas into my, into my head. I had never really contemplated before. And so the recurring theme I kept hearing was, you know, just do it. Don't wait. You'll figure it out as you go. If there's an idea that you have, you need to just do it and pretty much stop waiting around. And so I decided to do that. Morning Lifter was not was not the uh, first thing I came up with. The first thing I came up with was actually a uh, offensive line coaching blog slash leadership series. Uh, so that was really the the seed where it all started. Um, I, I don't coach anymore, but that was where that was where it was really the, the foundation was set. From there, I had actually started another website thinking that I could teach and run two websites at the exact same time, which was a very stupid thing to think. <laughs> On top of having and, a family and working out every morning and doing your own programming. And correct. Yeah, yeah. And and, and that was, that's part of it, like figuring out what you can and can't do right. with respect to what you want to do. Um, so... The the second website didn't really, you know, I never really got real far into that. That was okay. Uh, that was part of the learning process. But the the offensive line site, what what made me decide talking about fitness and leadership, what made me think that it could there was there was something there was I had done an article about what offensive linemen should be training for. What are some big lifts that they should focus on? And I got a lot of traction out of that. Mm-hmm. And so I started thinking to myself, this is, this is something that could be sustainable. 
talking about coaching is not going to be sustainable because I'm not going to be coaching very much, uh, much longer. And, and so it was something for me, I needed long-term effects. And I thought, well, I have over 10 years of workouts that I all have, that I have saved. Um, I have a lot of information, a lot of knowledge on, uh, various items. And I thought, well, this is something that I could do. So that's, that's kind of how Morning Lifter then was born. I tossed around some name ideas and found, found that Morning Lifter had not been registered. I thought that was a, a pretty good name because it encompasses everything that I'm about. Uh, because I, everything that I do is in the morning. I'm morning dominated. So I, you know, I'll, I'll get up early in the morning and I'll lift. And I'll, I'll listen to series of, of leadership seminars or inspirational messages, things like that. So, you know, the, the title morning lifter, it's not just a physical, it's not just a physical, uh, uh, meaning, I guess it's, it's mind, body and truly soul. Because I listen to, I'll, I'll listen to a lot of things from, I go as deep as faith, you know, I'm a big believer in God. So uh, I've actually gotten closer to God listening to this stuff in the morning than I ever did through church, um, which has been, it's, it's, it's changed my own views on, on religion. I've learned more about religion from lifting in the mornings than I ever have at church, which has been just mind blowing to me. Uh, and it just goes to show you how, how open and how, uh, sponge like your mind is in the morning. You got nothing else to think about. Oh yeah. And, and you're totally focused on what you're doing. It's unbelievable how much you actually pick up. And for me, that's been, that's been the, uh, the complete changing factor in my life. Um, and, and how my mindset has completely changed. So that's really how Morning Lifter was born. I sent out my first article September, I think it was September 8th of last year. So I've been live for just over a year, almost 13 months now. And I published 50, I think 50 articles. So almost on average about one per week, almost. And it's, it's been, uh, the traction that I've gained in just the past year has been unbelievable. But everything that's, that's been said about doing what you love and being, being persistent and being consistent is 100% true. And it's, uh, things don't happen overnight. The, the, one of the best, uh, best quotes that I, that I like is, you know, overnight successes. People don't think you know, overnight successes, they just showed up. But most people don't realize it took them 10 years to get there. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so for me, that's, that's always been kind of a, a driving theme for me. And it's been a, uh, it's been a fun, it's been a fun ride so far. So, yeah. No, you, um, so touch on the overnight successes thing. Um, I think Oprah got her big break when she was like in her 40s, you know, like, all these other, some of these other huge, famous individuals, you always hear how they, how they started out. J.K. Rowling, same thing, like, was living on welfare, I think, at one time. Um, writing books, like, didn't really get big into, well into her 40s, too. So, it really is a grind. Like, people don't quite understand that. I think you can just show up and, you know, have that one-hit wonder and that it's built on nothing, but it's just not the case at all. And another point you touched on that I really like um, was how free and open your mind is in the morning um, and how receptive you can be to new material. I know, like for me at least, I try to work out once a week in the morning. I start my work day between 6.30 and 7, so it gets a little challenging at times. But uh, I made it a point the last like month or two to start working out in the morning on Fridays. It's like 5 a.m. Fridays. It was a thing because I find myself getting into a rut if I try to go work out after work I'm like checking emails and people are checking in with me and like my dad's calling me to see how my day was or something like that. And it's really tough to, um, and that's not a knock on my dad. Love you, dad. Sorry. But, uh, um, you know, like it's something you can't commit a hundred percent to one thing. So with the idea of morning lifter and everything you said about, you know, being able to 
commit solely to that one habit, that one lifestyle of training in the morning, listening to your leadership material, um, finding yourself even with your faith, and then still being able to, you know, be a great dad, have a family, awesome husband after work and come home in the evening and have that time for your family is really huge. And for you, like, you know, I think it's set up perfectly. So it's really interesting to hear you, you know, touch on that. And like I said, and more stuff we can get into in later podcast episodes for sure. So, um, well, the, the, the one thing that, that you brought up too was regarding the morning was, uh, one thing that Jocko Will, I think, talks a lot about. And getting up in the morning, there's, the day hasn't started yet. Yep. No. And there's no, there's no requirements of, of, of you, you know, and, yeah. Aside from, you know, my biggest challenge is making sure that my daughter doesn't wake up, you know. So for for me, that's that's the only thing I have to really worry about. But that's a short term deal. That's not going to happen for for forever. So, uh, you know, you talked about the emails and, and the problem is, is that your day, once you get to your work day, the rest of the day really is unpredictable. Mm hmm. The only thing that I think is consistently predictable is the hours between you you get up and and the time that you that you get ready to before you go to work. Mm-hmm. And so for so for me, you know, and I'm very similar to you. I, I have to be at work at about seven a.m. and so I have to work backwards. So that means in order to do all the things that I want to do, I got to be up at four o'clock, which is not ideal. I would much rather like to sleep a little bit more but it's you know I, I can practically wake myself up on time and four o'clock hits and I don't think twice and I'm up out of bed and that's something that has it's uh it's got to become a learned habit it doesn't happen over time oh yeah and and for somebody who's going to try that maybe they get up a half an hour earlier it's just you know, walk on a treadmill or, or walk outside or, you know, and do something and, and then slowly, slowly build up to that. But it's, it's something that once you get an ingrained habit, then it's something that becomes part of you. Oh, yeah. Like this morning, Sunday morning, I'll go to 630 just because that's sleeping in for me. You know, I'm usually up mornings I don't work out. It's, you know, 515, 530. It's four o'clock for me as well. If I'm up and hitting the gym before work. So. Like, like you said, habit, lifestyle, all that stuff, super applicable. So it's just nice to hear. Um, so it's who, what, where. So this can go um, where you're currently located, other than in your house. Uh, you know where the site is reached at. You know, why don't you go ahead and just talk on that a little bit. Well, the the site, the, the site. If you go to morninglifter.com, that's where you'll find. All the all the information. I'm based in Ohio, but you know everything that you can find is is set up on the website. There's Instagram, Facebook, um, there's Twitter. It's all all, all the handles are, are at Morning Lifter, so you can reach me that way. I will link the site in the description of the episode too. Yeah, Morning Lifter. Uh, uh, at gmail.com is the email. So there's, there's lots of, lots of ways to get a hold of me. Um, and I'm, I'm pretty accessible, I would say. So it's, it's just a matter if there's any questions or, you know, just if you want to talk about something, you know, I'm all, I'm always, I'm always prepared for that. Cool. Um, when, see, so you said a little bit, you've been writing articles and stuff online for about a year. Um, you said it was about four years in the making. Uh, to get to that point, kind of resonating on the morning after topic, right? Yeah, I would say so. I mean, I, I was still getting up in the morning and still working out. I, I had I hadn't established a, a home gym at that point in time. I didn't establish anything until my son was born. When I found out, kind of that's really to me that's reality. Uh, you know, that somebody had told me once that. Uh, you know, when you first get married, that's just cohabitating. Um, but, uh, when you have a family, that's when it gets real. Uh, and, and, and I found that out pretty quick. Um, I, there was, there were some things I was ready for and some things I was not. For example, uh, your life 
changes in ways that maybe you didn't expect. Like I thought I was still going to be able to get up and drive to the gym and, and do all that. And, and that's not the case. And not if I wanted to, to be the dad that I wanted to be. And so my wife and I, we decided, okay, well, you know, working out is something that's really important to me because it's a lifestyle. So we'll, we'll, we'll go ahead and invest in getting some equipment for the house. And so I started off with this little rinky-dink half rack that I bought at Dick's Sporting Goods and, and a set of uh, power block dumbbells that I still have. And uh, well, Power is the way to go. Oh, they, they're, power blocks are the best dumbbell I've ever owned. And uh, so they, they definitely make some, some quality materials. Um, so that's, that's really where it all started. And since then, I've slowly grown my gym into what it is today. Um, every birthday and Christmas, people ask me what I want, and I just ask for gym equipment. That's, that's it. So my wife gets crazy at the thought of that over and over again. But, you know, that's really the only way. It's not something that you want to take a loan out for, but right. it's, it's something that you have to slowly build. It's not going to be an overnight thing. But you just have to slowly build it where and when you can. Yeah. Now, um, yeah, it's a good point. Like even the the uh, like you said, Christmas and birthdays. It's you hate to sound like a broken record with the stuff that like you want to receive as a gift, but if it's something you're gonna use, like you're gonna get enjoyment, the functionality, the utilization of it. For me, it's like golf, golf gear. Golf polos, golf balls. Can never have too many. You know, I can wear golf polos to work. I'm lucky enough that I can do that. I, you know, even when I have to wear button down long sleeve shirts, I usually open sleeves anyway. So short sleeve for me is the way to go. Um, you know, hate something broken record, but at the same time, it's like if you know you're going to get the use out of it, like shouldn't really be an issue. But no, see, yeah, it's been about a year on the site. Um, I remember, I think it was like last Christmas time seeing you post some morning of the logos on Facebook and I distinctly remember calling and talking to you on the phone when I was living in Connecticut. I was driving from my parents' house in Pennsylvania to Connecticut um, like after Christmas, like the day after Christmas. And I was like, dude, what's morning up there? Like, tell me about it. What's up? I was like, I'm, I'm in. How can I like make myself a part of it? All oh, it was so sick and um, being able to, you know, express views, opinions, Research, you know, create some content has been, been a hell of a ride, man. It's, it's been awesome. Absolutely. It, it, it's really grown in the last year. And, and just, the, you know, I think that was right right around the time that I actually got back on Facebook. I had been off the grid for about six or seven years, which was, it was nice. Probably but awesome, it, yeah. It, uh, at, at the same time, you kind of lose track of society in a way. but. Um, you know, just been, being able to, to, to share, you know, my views in a positive way because, I mean, let's face it, the, most of social, most of social media is negative. I mean, just look around and, oh yeah. There's people complaining, whining, bitching, moaning about just about yeah, everything. I don't want to have to add the explicit tag to this, so. Well, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll <laughs> We'll do it the best that we can, uh, but it it is, and it's. I just thought, you know, there's there's got to be better ways because, especially for what I see at the at the high school level, you know, there's kids that are that are under more stress now than any generation in history, and I, I've always felt like, you know, we got to be able to to find a way to get kids to know. That they can achieve the things that they want to do, but most importantly, to learn how to fail, and and that's something that I don't think enough people are are figuring out how to do because we're afraid of failure. You know, I'm trying to teach my own son this and trying to get him to believe in himself, and I've gotten him to the point now where he starts to understand where if he says he can't do something, I've I've instilled in him. Just say I believe it, I can do it, and that's that's I've seen real world effects with that. And he actually he he's bought into that now. He's he's seen it happen, and uh, and it's as simple as playing on the playground. You know, he's going up on a 
on a on a rock wall or something as simple as that. And he says, "Daddy, I can't do it." And I say, "No, you can." Say, "I believe it. I can do it." And I had him repeat that over and over again. And as he was doing that, he was also climbing the rock wall. And and before he knew it, he was on on top of the platform. The same thing that he had told himself naturally, you know, as humans, we see an obstacle we think we can't overcome. Uh, we, we tell ourselves that it's impossible, but through that, that more positive influence and, and telling yourself that you can and you will, that's the difference maker, I think. Even though we're facing challenges, I think that's real, the real difference maker. Oh, yeah. And I think uh, Sigmund Freud would be happy that you classically conditioned your son at such an early age, so... Nice, but um, no, that's a that's a huge factor in like the power the power of positivity. Even I called myself yesterday. I put up like a workout pic on Instagram, and the caption was like, "Oh, I had to get a workout in before Penn State kicks off a new and huge Penn State football fan." Obviously, the point of the television. Um, I called myself later in the afternoon, going back and editing the caption to say, "I got to like I had the opportunity to work out. I didn't have to do it. Like it was a conscious decision that I." you know, chose to make and like I got to. Like that was a privilege and a blessing to be able to be in a position to exercise, you know, to me. So even little itty bitty things like that, like you said, kind of as a society, um, we can reframe our mindset and uh to capture I think would go a long way. So um last question, biggest one here is, you know, the why. Why? You know? And you kinda hit on it with all your other answers, but wrap it up, sum it up for me. Give me the why. Well, my my why is it's just part of my own vision. It's to empower, to educate, and to inspire people on on what they're capable of doing, both through strength and leadership. So that's whether it's in the gym or whether it's in life. The the, the great thing about it is is that training, weightlifting, powerlifting, whatever it is that you're interested in doing, it's the great equalizer to life itself because through those experiences, you're learning how to overcome failure. You're learning how to improve on yourself. You're looking in the mirror, both literally and figuratively, uh, but you're seeing where you can improve. And sometimes it's a total bust. Sometimes those days you show up and things don't work out the way you want it to. And then you're forced to go back and say to yourself, well, what, what didn't go right? And not enough people do that in their own lives. And it's, it's hard. It's very, very hard to do. But when we are uh, accountable, and I heard this from David Goggins this morning. I was listening to David Goggins this morning. He called it the, the, absolutely. He called it the accountability mirror. You know, when we're, when we're willing to look in, in, the, in the accountability mirror, which I thought was genius, we see, we see the true self and we have to be willing to have a little bit of humility and say, you know, I screwed up or this isn't working or this isn't right. What do I have to do to, to get the best version of myself? And, and that's really what it's all about. Um, and, and also to expose more people of some of the grace that I've been listening to. I don't think enough people listen to this stuff, but I also think. You know, you got to be able to put it to practice. A lot of people listen to this stuff and they, they might say, well, it's nice. You know, I believe in it, but I just like to listen to it. You know, if you're not willing to put it to practice, you're wasting your time. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that's where, again, that, that fear comes into play and, uh, and the, the lack of belief. You know, the people who are working on a job that, they hate, but they know they could do something else. What are you waiting for? You know, what are you waiting for? Because the thing that I've, I've come to realize is that we're all going to die, which just sounds morbid, but it's a fact of life. Nice. And what are we going to do? You know, what are, what are we going to do? You, you're only here for a finite period of time. You know, I've got another 50 years, 55 years left. So that's not a whole lot of time. 
Mm-hmm. And 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 I'm not worried so much about mistakes anymore. I don't even worry about worry so much anymore. When you can forget about worry, and I was telling my class this the other day, when you can forget about worry, what can you accomplish? What are you capable of doing? More than you ever thought possible. Because too many times we well we worry. Well, I'm well what if what if this happens? Or what if that happens? Or what if I don't get the job? Well, I mean, this, this is an everyday life. When you stop worrying about it, and, and just like the Bible says, when you put it on God, what else is there to worry about? And for me, that's, that's been a life changer for me, is putting the worry away. And, and for me, understanding that it's, it's none of my business to worry, really. And all I'm going to do is, Put myself in a position to win every day, but know that not every day is going to be a win. But if I win more than I lose, then I can effectively just like, just like my saying is, is, is you can win the morning. When you win the morning, like Tim Ferriss says, you win the morning, you win the day. And that's the goal every day. Love that. Um, yeah, I'm of the same belief as you in the worrying category. And that for me, it's like worrying is, legit just betting against yourself right like worrying anxiety all that stuff is just you creating insecurities about why you can't do something going back to the whole negative outlook on life thing we talked about earlier so i'm with you i don't really do the whole worrying thing love the fact that you mentioned um empowering people in the why and i think that's a huge huge part both in morning lifts or just in life in general um for me, kind of same thing is like I want to empower people to be, my, you know, my saying, just be better, right? Like if you want to help people that want to help themselves, and I think you know, morning lifters a great avenue to do that. So, like I said, really like what's happened the past year, and looking forward to uh, many more to come, pal. Absolutely, this this is a pretty cool experience. Right. We got uh, I put a request out for. DMs and questions. We got a couple bags. We're gonna run through them quick. I don't know how much more time you have before the uh, the kids are awake. Oh, they've been awake. <laughs> okay, so three big ones, and like I said, a lot of these could spin off. A lot of stuff we talked about could go back to like whole episodes, but we'll try to keep these answers short. Would I be better off doing three sets of six to eight reps with a heavier weight? We're doing three sets of 15 reps with a lighter weight. Can't wait well, to hear your answer on this. The number one issue I see with this is what's the goal? Yeah. Are you looking for Are you looking for strength or are you looking for hypertrophy, which is growth? If you're looking for muscle growth, then you want to stay 8 to 12. If you're looking for muscle endurance, you want to go 15 plus. If you want strength, you should go five below a five three one plan, you know, and and I don't know everything about strength, but I mean these are I, I think fairly basics. Uh, the more you start to get into it, yeah, but, good uh, good benchmarks, so to speak. Right, and so you know, hopefully, I'll be a little bit more qualified next year as I'm training for my certified strength conditioning specialist license. But for just for all intents and purposes, it, you got to figure out a goal. And I actually had a, I, I've written a post about this. I haven't published it yet, but you got to have a goal first. So what's your goal? And, and then you got to work backwards. So if you want to say, well, I want to get strong, then everything should be five reps and under. Mm-hmm. If you say, I want, I, I want to gain muscle, then everything should be eight to 12. If you say, I, I want to have muscle endurance, then everything should be 15 plus. So I, I would say, uh, whatever your goal is, that's that's where you need to be. So the, anywhere from three to four sets at whatever rep range for the goal that you have is what you should end up with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the um, really scientific and um, you know exact answer on this is well, it depends, right? For the exact answer that you gave is that it really depends on what you're going for and. I think another point, too, besides the rep range, is the nature of the movement, right? If you're doing heavy compound lifts, I don't really think you should be in that 8 to 12 range. You know, if you're deadlifting sub-maximal or near-maximal loads, like, 
you should probably stick to like six reps and below. Same with heavy back squats. You know, like you said, to kind of build that strength. Whereas if you're doing single joint isolation movements like a bicep curl or a tricep extension um, that are kind of accessories to those main lifts, then, you know, you can get into the 10 to 15 or what have you. Like you said, kind of based on your goals and what you're kind of chasing. But, yeah, uh, it depends. Um, to the future listener who submitted that question, feel free to reach out to us uh, afterward. We can talk a little bit more specifically about it. Uh, next question, and this one I think could be literally an entire podcast. Um, how do you balance a busy career or trying to move vertically in your career path um, while also improving or maintaining the same level of physical fitness that you maybe once had? To your question. So there's a couple things. Number one is time. So if, you know, my schedule has gotten busier every year. And when it was just me and my wife, I was up at 5.30. Now I have two kids. Now I'm up at four. And it's not about having more time because you can't have more time. Jim Rohn talks about this. You know, you can't, you can't, you can't buy more time. You can't get more time. We all have the same. We have the same amount of time that Bill Gates does, 24 hours. The question is, what are you doing with your 24? You know, is you can't, you know, when the gongs go off and some guy's looking around saying, you know, where's more time, they'll come and take them away. You know, you, you can't, you got to be able to figure out uh, a way to, to make time for that. Now, at the same time, if, if you're trying to advance your own career or, or, move up, whatever the case is, you have to become more valuable. And this is something that I've learned a lot from Jim Rohn. He talks a lot about personal development. You got to work harder on yourself than you do your job. And you got to become more valuable. The more valuable you are, the more worth you can become. There's a reason why the CEO at Disney gets, I think it's like 60 or $80 million. And uh, it's because he's more valuable than the person who is making fries at McDonald's. A lot more people can make fries at McDonald's than run a multi-billion dollar company. And it's all based off value. Now, it's not the, the value of the person. We're talking about value in the marketplace. And that's the big difference. And, and, and that's where people get offense to it. You know, people say, well, I... Is my life not valuable? No, no, that's not what we're saying. What we're saying is, is what your abilities in the marketplace related to money are not as valuable as others. And that's what makes America so great. We're a merit-based system, capitalism. So if you want more money, you need to be more valuable. It's no different in sports, right? Along the offensive line, the guy that knows all five positions and can play all five positions is going to be more valuable than the guy that can just play left guard. It's, it's it's simple. It's capitalism. So the more you know, the more you are capable of doing, the more valuable you become, which also makes you harder to replace. And that's, I think, an important aspect to understand that if you want to move up, you got to be more valuable, bottom line. Now, that might take some time. That might mean you have to go back and get more schooling. And that might mean you have to, to get certain degrees or certificates or licenses, whatever the case. But when you increase your value, you, you'll find that eventually you'll make more money. That's an important concept. Now, as, as you get busier, you're going to have to find time and make time to work out. You know, and, and if you're a night person, then you might have to wait until everybody goes to bed to do that. If not, Maybe you have to go to the mornings and start working out in the morning because that's really the only guaranteed time you have that, that is going to be fairly quiet. But that might mean you have to wake up an extra hour early. So for, for me, I think that's, that's the, the most important thing to, to remember is, is if you want to grow, you have to become more valuable. And that's really the only way to, 
to, to advance yourself is because you can't get rich by demand. Like he, Jim Rohn would say too, you know, people will say, well, I'm going to go on strike and get more money. Well, you, you can't get rich by demand. That's not going to happen. And right. you, you got to figure out, you got to figure out a way to get yourself more valuable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think um, the value portion, especially when trying to grow vertically, um, is key. You know, kind of like the uh, the utility infielder in baseball. Yeah, you know, you can you can play all four infield positions. You're gonna have a spot on a major league roster somewhere. You know, um, in terms of the increasing the physical fitness or you know your health, uh, the short answer for me would be you don't. It's kind of all about priorities, especially if you are, you know, a year or two out of college when, um, where you went from being able to work out, you know, two hours a day because all you did was go to class and study and didn't really have any other obligations. Now you're working 40 plus hours a week, right? You have, um, other obligations, other priorities. And I think the big thing would just be setting those priorities, right? And, you know, if it's important to you to find a way, you know, that might mean saying no to people on a Friday night. That might mean, you know, waking up early on a Sunday morning, you know, et cetera. But uh, I think finding and prioritizing health and fitness, if that's something that's important to you in, you know, getting stronger, losing weight, et cetera, then, you know, you'll, you'll find a way. Bottom line, just, you know, so, um, yeah. Yeah, one more here. Uh, this one's pretty good. Um, how do you find strength when it feels like your tank is empty? Well, what kind of strength are we talking about here? Mental? Physical? Open to interpretation. There is no, no, uh, no depiction of strength in the question. Yeah, I mean, I... Uh, Again, that's a very open question. Um, I'm thinking it's probably like mental, like discipline type deal. Could be. The thing is, is David Goggins talks a lot about this. You know, it, it's a matter of telling yourself that you have to do it. Mm-hmm. And so, it the the body is the servant to the mind, right? And and James Allen talks a lot about that in his book, As a Man Thinketh. And the body is servant of the mind. So I have a post that talks all about that. So your body will do what your mind tells it to. Yep. Now, now you consciously have to be able to, to control that. And you can't let subconscious levels dictate to you. So you have to be able to force, you have to force the change. And you have to be able to tell yourself that you, you, you've got to get it done or you have to do it no matter what. And that's, no matter how hard it is or how difficult it is, because uh, we all face those challenges, you have to be able to say, forget it, I'm, I'm going, I'm going to do it, no matter how hard it is, because really, at the end of the day, it's not much different than lifting weights. You know, I had my last set today of, of doing squats. I really didn't want to do. I was already fried. But I told myself, okay, I'm going to do this because I know I'm going to feel really good about it when I'm done. Mm-hmm. And I was. And I went through and I hammered it out and I was done. And I was, uh, there was, there was a sense of accomplishment. There was a, a sense of, uh, of, of pride in, in knowing that I had done something productive for the, for, for at least that small period of time. And that's one of those things that's, that's, I think is the hardest thing to do when you, when you when you go through your whole life thinking one way, you can't just change your thinking overnight. Right. You have you have to find ways to put yourself in positive situations and positive people. And I had another post where I talked about this with Ray Lewis says, you know, you show me your crowd and I'll show you your future. Who are you hanging out with? You know, if you hang around losers all day, you're gonna be the average of loser. Mm-hmm. And if you hang around winners all day, you're going to be the average of that. And so part of it could be who you're hanging out with. You know, if they've got a negative mindset, then so will you. Was it uh, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with, right? Something like that? that, That's right. I think that's a good point. That uh, your vibe attracts your tribe, you know, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with, all that. Um, 
think the the easy answer is, is caffeine, obviously, when you're mentally or physically, I'm sorry, when you're physically tired and you know to find strength. Uh, you can get into a whole post about that, too, on how it blocks adenosine receptors and all that stuff. But um, kind of like what you said, it's kind of just digging deep, um, knowing that, you know, your mind controls the body for sure. I think it's the Navy SEALs have a 40% rule that when you feel like you're maxed out and completely at capacity in terms of workload, you're really only about at about 40%. Um, and that you're, you know, your mind's going to give up well before your body uh, in that regard and that kind of just finding ways to push through for sure. Yeah, you know, like you said today about your squats, like little victories, right? So you find a way to do one more set in the gym that will boil over and you find a way to eat an extra serving of vegetables at lunch or dinner or instead of, you know, the chocolate cupcake or, you know, you find a way to study for an extra half hour or an hour, right? It's the sum of the little victories that turn into major life-changing results. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. So... All right, man. So that's all I have for this episode. Any uh, any final thoughts? I think the biggest thing is surrounding yourself with the right mindset every every day, no matter how tough things are. The the beautiful thing is knowing that tomorrow offers more opportunities. One of the best things I ever heard, and I can't remember who said it, but there's two days in a week. You should never worry about yesterday and tomorrow. Yesterday and tomorrow. That's right. And, and so I and I truly believe that. The only thing you can focus on is today. Tomorrow has enough worry of its own. You can't change the past. Worry about now. Forget about everything else. Awesome. Love that. Right, man. So uh, that's all for today. We dozens of listeners. Stay tuned for the next episode. Awesome. Thanks, buddy. Right here.